Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, Senator Al Franken on the Affordable Care Act, fun things to do in Minnesota this winter, and new Gopher football coach P.J. Fleck. But first... The Republican-controlled Minnesota legislature and Democratic Governor Mark Dayton continue wrangling this week with how to provide state-paid assistance to those who are being hit with large health insurance premium increases. I'm joined now by MNN political reporter Bill Werner. And uh, bills are moving forward in the Senate and House at a relatively fast pace, but that doesn't mean it's a done deal, does it, Bill? No, Scott, there are a lot of differences between Governor Mark Dayton's plan and the approach that Republicans are moving forward at the legislature. The governor wants short-term relief. Republicans say they want that also, but they also want to take first steps toward long-term reforms of health insurance in Minnesota. The urgency of the whole issue was outlined this week in testimony at public hearings. Here's dairy farmer James Connie telling lawmakers, I've talked to a lot of people in the last few months who have had a lot of problems paying for their health insurance. And as an individual, my rates went up to double this last year, went from 500 to over $1,000 per month for an individual. I was able to, going through MNsure, to get a reduced rate, but some of my neighbors and a lot of small business people are not able to access that because their income happens to be over the cliff. And as such, they are in big trouble. They're spending a percent of their income that is not sustainable to continue in business. And as such, I think they need relief, and they need relief now. There are basically two things going on here. One, relief for individuals, and one, the other is reform. I would hope that we would get relief even if we have to postpone reform. That's dairy farmer James Connie. Another big sticking point is whether the health insurance premium relief should be based on the person's income. Republicans say yes. Governor Dayton and Democrats say they'd like to do it, but it would greatly delay how soon people start receiving the relief. A good outline of the differences is in this week's testimony by State Management and Budget Commissioner Myron Franz with questions from Republican Representative Sarah Anderson from Plymouth. The governor believes that it's more important to get relief, certain relief, as soon as possible than trying to have an income tested uh, procedure. So as we know, everybody in the, in the individual market who signs up has insurance with a plan. Every month they get, a, they, get a, um, they get a premium notice and they pay that. So let's say, for example, I got a premium notice in March for $1,000 under the governor's plan. The notice, the invoice, would say a 25% reduction, and I would just pay $750, and I would save $250 on that invoice for the insurance. And then after that fact, every month, the plans would send to us the list of people who bought insurance and how much money we owed them out of the $312 million for that insurance. So our goal was to reimburse the plans for the premium relief that they provided on the invoice. And it's really that simple. But remember, one of the things that's the difference between the, the governor's proposal and House File 1 is the fact that we're not sending checks out to individuals. So under, under House File 1, we're going to send thousands of checks to thousands of people every month, and that's where fraud opportunities arise. And so we would have to, and I'll go through the process of how we would vet that. Now the bill, House File 1, 
provides eight, I think it's $8.5 million for administrative costs. And our analysis is that is nowhere near the amount that we're going to need. People who have paid their premium will then send an application into us and they will have to have their social security number, date of birth, you know, sensitive and private protected data in that, in that in information. So then once we get that, then we're going to have to then go back out to the health plans and cross-check that and verify did in fact these 20,000 people pay health insurance to you. Then we're going to have to take that, that data and go to the Department of Revenue or DEED and then verify residency to make sure that these folks are Minnesota residents. Then the, the, the next step, which is really important, and that's the income verification step. Now to do this, we're going to need to be able to interface with federal tax data because that's where the modified adjusted gross income is, that information is available. So we'd have to set up another new system to make sure that we could uh, identify that. And we'd have to ask the IRS for approval to use their system. We estimate that just to take the applications for 100,000 people, let's say, uh, probably two hours from beginning to end. So when you send in your application, when it gets reviewed, when it comes back from income verification or residency verification, or maybe you changed uh, uh, your situation, we would have to have about two hours per application. That's 200,000 hours. That's 100 people. That's just doing the applications. Well, comm so, Commissioner, I, I, I'm just a little concerned about the assumption that it would take two hours to process the applications. I mean, state government has provided the function of providing checks to individuals across the state many times over. Um, we do the renters checks every single year. Um, we had a very famous governor, Governor Jesse Ventura, did the Jesse checks, you know, for a cost of a million dollars only to the state. I mean, there's a, there's a litany of examples of where we have done this and we've done it well um, in state government for in my lifetime many times over well madam chair apologize for interrupting well no that's fine but with respect to all the examples you mentioned all those people were already in the system all the jesse checks went to people who were in the tax system the income taxes are paid for because they're in a system and we know who they are the difficulty in, in developing a new database with a new group of people, 100,000 or 150,000, is we don't know who these people are and they're not part of our system. So to suggest that we can just easily do that based on the checks, we can send out the checks, but we have, there's so much we have to do before we get to the check process that makes it difficult. That's Management and Budget Commissioner Myron Franz. So, Scott, there is a lot up in the air as the legislature passes its bills, and then we'll go into negotiations with Governor Mark Dayton on health insurance premium relief. Thank you, Bill. I'll be back next with Senator Al Franken to talk about the Affordable Care Act when Minnesota Matters returns. Technology moves at the speed of innovation. And today, that's lightning fast. So when you get your hands on the latest tech, don't forget to do the right thing with your old devices. Recycle them. The Consumer Electronics Association and its members are making recycling your old tech device as easy as purchasing new ones. Just go to greenergadgets.org, type in your zip code, and you'll instantly find the responsible recycling location closest to your home. You'll also find lots of tips to simplify your recycling, like asking the store where you buy your new TV if they'll haul away your old one. Television sets, video game consoles, smartphones, tablets. They're all recyclable. Don't let them clog up your local landfill. Just visit greenergadgets.org. 
you're sharp enough to get the latest tech tools into your home. Now be responsible enough to get your old devices to the recycler. That's greenergadgets.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Republicans in Washington continue working to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act. Democratic U.S. Senator from Minnesota Al Franken has been a sharp critic of the opposing party's efforts. I recently spoke with the senator about the implications of repeal and replace under the new administration and what it means for Minnesotans. You put out a statement kind of vowing to put Minnesota first in the new year, and I'm just curious what compelled you to to make that statement? Well... We obviously have a new administration coming in, and um, the person who I wanted to win did not win. And we have a Congress that is the Republicans are the majority in both houses. So we're in a. I I haven't served as a senator with a with a president from the other party, um, and all of that said, I want to see what we can work on together uh, that will help the people of Minnesota. And I want to make sure that we're um, protecting, you know, the first thing they're doing, of course, is repealing uh, the Affordable Care Act, and uh, they're not replacing it with anything. And uh, I, when I say that my first concern is, is Minnesota, I'm chairman of co-chairman of the rural health caucus, and I know from doing my uh, rural health tours that their uncertainty is not good for these rural hospitals, and there's a lot in the Affordable Care Act that makes sure that uh, there are payment streams to the rural hospitals that are tied to the act, and they're very, we're very worried about critical access hospitals and other rural facilities uh, and uh, losing losing those facilities. So I'm going to be looking out for Minnesota. I'm going to be looking out for for people who, you know, uh, are in the middle class, people who are aspiring to the middle class, and that's what I've always done. And uh, we'll see uh, what the what the new president's policies are, but the, the cabinet nominations uh, suggest that he's going maybe a little different way than he than he was talking about when he was running. And he wasn't very specific while he was running on public policy. He didn't discuss it in much detail. On health care, he had almost nothing in terms of what he wanted to replace the Affordable Care Act with. He just said about, uh, I think, uh, across state lines, providing insurance across state lines. Well, uh, that's a state issue. It's not. There's no federal law preventing that. Uh, there are six states that allow it. Not one insurance company has uh, taken advantage of that for a reason, because when you set up an insurance policy in a state, you have to set up providers, a provider network. 
It seems like a, a pretty complicated issue. And, you know, you mentioned that the, the GOP, uh, at least in your opinion, isn't proposing alternatives to the Affordable Care Act. And then uh, on the other hand, we have, uh, you know, you probably are aware we've got some issues here in Minnesota with Minsure, the state-run exchange, uh, yep. where folks have premiums that are raising uh, close to 70%. And mm-hmm. um, Yes, and, that, and people have a right to be mad about that. And... Um, you know, the, the exchanges make up about 5% of people in Minnesota. Uh, about 80% of those people who are on Minsure get subsidies. So that leaves a little, about one and a quarter percent who are paying the full boat on these things. And they have a ver- they have a right to be mad. But they should understand who to be mad at. Part of what was put into place in the Affordable Care Act were something called risk corridors. And what that did, what risk corridors did, was when the insurance companies insured people, a pool of people, if that pool of people had a higher risk actuarially than was predicted, they would get, they, they had paid into a pool, and then they would get money back, their guaranteed money back, you know, what's called a risk corridor, and Republicans eliminated that, and at the end of a year must pass vote. They put that in, and that's what caused so many companies to drop out of the exchanges. And that's why we had so much less competition. There's different ways to address this. One is to have a public option, which I was for originally. And if you had a public option, you'd have competition and everywhere. And this, I would also like to see their plan, but they have no plan. And I think it's irresponsible. In fact, there are a couple of Republican senators who are now saying it is irresponsible to repeal the ACA without replacing it. Senator Cotton of Arkansas and Senator Paul of of Kentucky. And both of those states have exchanges. Even though they're red states, they have governors that adopted the exchanges. And they know, you know, that if you repeal this and you repeal the subsidies to people, that the market is going to go kablooey. And we need a stable market. So uh, this is very, very concerning, the way this is being approached. That's Senator Al Franken on a topic that seems to be intensifying with each passing day. Of course, what becomes of the Affordable Care Act remains an ongoing story. Late this week, President-elect Trump said he'll release his plan to repeal and replace soon. And he added that he's doing Democrats a big favor by repealing Obamacare. Republicans in Washington also late in the week took the first steps towards repealing the ACA. We'll have all the latest updates in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Minnesota Matters will return after this. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. 
I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 110 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 600% increase in the last 20 years. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Last night we put on an epic light show. Yeah, we did. The crowd loved us. We love the crowd. Wait, but there were only four people out there. Yeah, but did you see their four faces? All eight of their eyes lit up brighter than ours. <sighs> and we're fireflies. Yeah, we are. Hey, that one girl, she looked like she'd never seen glow in the dark like this before. And we invented glow in the dark. Yeah, we invented it. And we're going to be out here every night rocking out our light show at a forest near you. Woohoo! So come check us out. Check us out. And bring your kid all ages show. Oh, but uh, don't bring any of those glass jars because they make us kind of nervous. Yeah, and I'm super claustrophobic. Whether you're rocking their world or they're rocking yours, some memories never fade. Come alive with the forest. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a forest near you and discover other cool things to do when you go, like fishing, biking, or even camping. Visit discovertheforest.org. See you later. Yeah, see you soon. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. To celebrate the wonder of winter, Explore Minnesota, the state's tourism promotion office, is highlighting things to do across the state this season. M&N's Tasha Radel has more. I don't know about you, but this is the time of year I start getting cabin fever. I'll admit I'm a summer kind of gal, but it wasn't until recently I realized there are so many activities to take part in during the heart of winter. Minnesota is really an iconic U.S. winter vacation destination. Joining me now is Alyssa Hayes with Explore Minnesota. Well, Alyssa, wanted to visit with you a little bit. Uh, obviously, we're in a pretty cold snap right now, but once those temperatures rebound, it got me thinking uh, about Minnesota winters and the things uh, that, that go on. Even though it's cold, there's still plenty to do in Minnesota. What can you tell me? Oh, there's so many ways to celebrate the wonder of winter in Minnesota. Um, you know, Explore Minnesota, we are a one-stop winter travel shop for things to do. So, you know, a couple things that come to mind, you know, it might be a little cold this week, but we do hope people get out there and embrace the outdoors nonetheless. Bundle up. We're Minnesotans. We know how to do that. You know, travelers who come here, um, they should expect to bundle up a bit. Um, you know, so some of the things that come to mind are exploring the trails. We are home to thousands of miles of trails groomed for cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, winter biking, and more. There's more than 22,000 miles of groomed trails just for snowmobiling alone. Um, you know, it's the new year, too. You know, there's a lot of winter festivals coming up, um, you know, in January and February. It is the land of 10,000 festivals here. Um, you know, that could include the, the, the new Great Northern Festival, which encompasses, you know, old, the old Winter Carnival Festival, the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships, City of Lakes Lopet. Uh, you know, lots of different unique things to try. There's no shortage of something new for travelers to do here, which I love. Along with that, there's different activities. You don't just have to go to a festival, but try something new like dog sledding. That's something I haven't done yet, and I want. it's on my bucket list. You know, we're one of the top dog sledding destinations in the U.S., second to Alaska. Um, skiing, kiteboarding, curling, bandy, 
winter biking, I, I, that's on my bucket list too is winter biking. I hope I can hold that bike up. For the people that maybe just don't want to be outside in the cold, I'm assuming that there's a lot of great indoor activities as well. That's right. Explore the great indoors. Minnesota is a mecca for tax-free shopping, of course. Museums. We have renowned theater, music, art centers. This is uh, Minnesota is home to one of the most vibrant art scenes in the country. Uh, you know, it, when people are outside, maybe they want to wind down, get inside, warm up, raising a glass of Minnesota's award-winning craft beverages. We have more than 100 breweries across the state. 50-plus wineries, a dozen of distilleries, and more are popping up. Um, you know, visitors can certainly sip, sample, stay cozy. We've got some really cool, unique coffee shops. Uh, you know, we have a lot of eateries, luxury lodging properties, uh, thousands of restaurants to try. You know, maybe they want to uh, warm up with a Minnesota sporting event. We have, you know, tons of pro sports teams here, uh, state-of-the-art sports facilities. Of course, you know, the Viking season is over with, but, you know, that was one thing to do. But, you know, go check out a Minnesota Wild game or maybe go, you know, try out some of the collegiate sporting events too, like uh, the Gopher Sports have a lot of great indoor sporting activities that visitors can see while they're here. And, you know, when folks are out and about and doing these different activities, um, I know you folks at Explore Minnesota are encouraging people to share their seasonal sites. Can you tell me a little bit about that? That is right. So research actually shows people seek travel inspiration from their social networks. I am certainly one of those people, so I can really speak passionately about this. You know, get out there, share your photos using our popular statewide hashtag, only in MN. It's it's not only um, a, a great uh, travel inspiration tool, but you know this hashtag has generated more than 500,000 uses to date. So you're you're seeing these ideas in real time. You know, I I am um, you know one to go to. You know, of course, there's exploreminnesota.com. We have the most amazing travel resources right there. But I want to just search the hashtag only in MN and peruse it for something new to do in Minnesota. All right. Well, lots of great information. Anything else you wanted to hit on today that maybe I didn't bring up? One other thing that travelers can keep in mind is you can always call one of our Explore Minnesota travel experts here at 888-VISIT-MN, and you can live chat with them if you're looking for something new to do in Minnesota. Thanks again to my guest, Alyssa Hayes with Explore Minnesota. For more information on fun winter activities for you and your family, don't forget you can call 888-VISIT-MN or go online to exploreminnesota.com. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. I'll be back with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm, who chats with new Gopher head football coach P.J. Fleck. That's when Minnesota Matters returns. Mr. Detweiler, it's time to wake up, Mr. Detweiler. Hey, Mr. Detweiler, how are we doing? Your surgery is over. Oh, it's over? What happened? Hi, Mr. Detweiler. Dr. Newman here. You have a new knee. It went great. You'll be up and around before you know it. And it's all because of you. Uh, what did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything we needed to know. Your medical history, your allergies and prescription meds. You asked me tons of questions. What your options to surgery might be. What to expect during recovery. You even asked me how many knee replacements I've already done. Huh. I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? Mr. Detweiler, we couldn't have done it without you. 
Patient safety. It takes a team, and patient involvement is key. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. With more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Golden Gopher football program is headed in a new direction with the hiring of energetic head coach P.J. Fleck. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm, who's also the radio voice of Gopher football, was the first Minnesota media member to sit down and chat with the brand new ball coach. Scott, Fleck came to Minnesota from Western Michigan where he led the Broncos to an undefeated regular season this past year. Fleck is indeed high on energy, as you can hear from my interview, which we did in the locker room at TCF Bank Stadium. Fleck first explains why he chose Minnesota. It's different, and I think I've always been attracted to different. Uh, This is exactly where my family wants to be. It's a very unique opportunity uh, to take a program from where it's uh, dreamed of being to where it's always dreamed of becoming. And I think that's what's really exciting about this opportunity. And uh, Mark Coyle, uh, his vision of winning a national title fits with my vision of, of winning a national title. I've always liked to take things that, um, that wish they could be something and wanted to be something and letting them become that. And I think that's what the next step was and the next right step here at the University of Minnesota. Last a couple of days, I'm sure, have been a whirlwind. What's it been like for you and your family? Uh, it's been fantastic. It's been stressful. <laughs> it really has, but it's been fantastic. The minute we found out that we were going to be Gophers, uh, my wife Heather and I were extremely ecstatic, and our kids were excited. Uh, they're real small. You know, some of them didn't really understand. They were, they were okay with it. Uh, but it, it really is an honor, and we're truly humbled to be here, and we can't wait to embed our family in the state of Minnesota, and especially this wonderful area here in Minneapolis. Row the boat. What's that mean? Row the boat. It's very simple. It's a never-give-up attitude, you know, and we're going to bring that. It's kind of uh, Sky Yuma meets Row the Boat, and it's, the story kind of matches a little bit. Uh, the oar is the energy you bring to your life, and we ask everybody to grab an oar and have energy with this program. This program is going to be embedded with energy now, and that's the only thing that can move the boat. If we want to move, we've got to have energy, and that means all of us. The boat is the sacrifice. What are you willing to give up for something that you never had? If we really want to win the Big Ten West, we really want to go to the Rose Bowl, and we really want to win a national title, then what are we willing to give up? What are we willing to change to make sure that happens? And that's the boat. And the third part's the compass. We talk about the North Star here at the University of Minnesota. Well, our compass is the direction of our lives, direction of the leadership. Where are we headed? Where are our lives headed? And where's our football program headed? And I'm so excited about the direction of uh, Gopher football. You had a chance uh, after you landed to meet with the players that are still here on campus during this time of break. There's no classes right now, and I know you hooked up with some on Facebook during that as well. What'd you tell them and how did that meeting go? I thought the meeting went uh, went perfect, to be honest with you. It really did. I think the message was very clear. There was about 25 of them actually in the room and the rest were on Facebook Live. Uh, I would have loved to see all of them, but they're on break. The message was very clear. The first thing I did tell them, Grim, was, you know, you guys didn't pick me, but I picked you and I'm here for you. And this is going to be a big time relationship. And I also said, if your vision's not to win a national championship, then I'm not the coach for you. But if that's what you want, it's a perfect fit because that's the direction of this program. And I'm never going to be, I'm never going to hide behind that. That's how we're going to recruit. That's how we're going to develop our talent on and off the field. That's how we're going to develop it academically, athletically, and socially uh, to get to that level. We're at the stadium right now. I know you saw a little bit of the football facility. I'm guessing you've probably taken a peek at some of the diagrams and the new stuff coming as well. How exciting is that as you embark on this adventure as well? That was one of the first things Mark Coyle actually told me. So he, he's, a, he's a great salesman because that's what he started with because I'm sure he, he knew that I'd be asking that very quickly. The number one lifeline 
to a college football program is recruiting. Not only recruiting student athletes to come to Minnesota, however, it's recruiting the student athletes that are already here to think University of Minnesota is the greatest place on earth. And that's what we're gonna do every single day. And this facility allows that to happen. Whether it's uh, our leadership development, whether it's our academic room, uh, whether it's our nutrition, whether it's our, our strength and conditioning, it truly engulfs and embodies what the student athlete experience is all about when you arrive to the football facility. You were a football guy your whole life. You grew up in the Midwest. What's it mean to be one of now 14 coaches in the Big Ten Conference? It's, it's an honor. It really is. Uh, I've told my wife, uh, even when we were coming here, this is, this is the dream. This is our dream. This is where we've always wanted to be. And we've always wanted to take a program that has a lot of tradition, but somebody that needed a cultural change and needed a spark and needed energy. Uh, and needed the right direction. And we're so thankful uh, for everybody to, for selecting us, uh, to bringing us here. Uh, we can't wait to be out in the community and the entire state of Minnesota. We are truly honored, my wife Heather and I, and it's a dream come true, it really is. And this is where we wanna be. Last one, football's your life, but what do, what's PJ Fleck and his family do when the lights are out and the film room's off and you wanna just have a nice night or a weekend or what, what, what are some hobbies? There's not a lot of those. Uh, I don't have a lot of hobbies. Uh, I really don't. I, I, I'm an I'm a okay golfer. I golf four times a year uh, and that's about it. Um, but what I love to do is I love spending time with my family. Uh, my wife Heather is an absolute rock star. Her heart is as big as the state of Minnesota and she is going to be uh, a, a tremendous ambassador for the University of Minnesota as she continues to go around the state and talk about go for football and the elite things we have here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And uh, I'd love to be around my family. We define family, even our own families. Forget about me, I love you. I love being around our children. I love going to movies. I love playing uh, Super Mario Brothers with my sons. We love being outside. Uh, we love hockey. We love skating. We love building snowmen. It's truly quality family time, and that's what we love to do is the flex. That's new Golden Gopher head football coach P.J. Fleck on Minnesota Matters. Scott? Thank you, Mike. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.